this morning. I've had lots of hugs, and uh, thank you so much, uh, Luke's dad. Uh, really great uh, to know that we have skilled people with gifts and talents and they're willing to serve. Uh, church unplugged a bit this morning, but um, it's great to worship. And I just want to encourage you that uh, church is not segmented. It's not about just the worship and just the songs. It's not just about the pre-service prayer meeting. It's not just the communion and it's not just the message. God always packages all of that together to encourage us and to build us up so that we can leave here changed to take the message of the good news to the people that need to hear it. That's what church is about. And um, I just am so encouraged that all of those things have come together this morning around a theme that I would call overcoming. It's about worship. It's about understanding who we are. It's about giving glory to our King. But it's also fundamental to understand that we are overcomers before the storm arrives is fundamental to the victory. Otherwise, we will be overcome. I know that God wants to put his finger on overcoming because the reality is that we are beginning to see, perhaps it's been existing for some time, but I've certainly become aware of it, is that Christians are wearing the weight of the world on their shoulders. They haven't come into an understanding of the fundamental overcoming and they choose to end their own life. That's the reality that I think God wants to inject here. We can't just drift through Christianity caught up in the entertainment of church. We need to build relationships with one another and we need to build a relationship with our king. Without those two things, it gets really difficult and the enemy will come in. So that's what I'm speaking into this morning. You know, I'm all for celebrating the kingdom and understanding that we are ushering in the kingdom. We pray, your kingdom come. But a kingdom is not a democracy. We don't get to vote on the living requirements, the standards, the laws, the statutes of how we live. Our king sets those. So this morning I'm going to look at 1 John chapter 5. John is very, very clear here that he's talking to believers. And the language is very interesting. I'm sorry if I'm yelling. Am I yelling? (laughs) I'll come down a little bit. 
It's really important. My heart breaks. It breaks that people in church aren't making it, let alone the people outside who haven't yet come in. So John is talking to the believers here, and the language is, we know, we know, we know. It's almost like he's in a courtroom stating the facts. That's the language. So I'm looking at uh, 1 John chapter 5 and reading from verse 1. We're going to read a few verses there and then we're going to skip over to uh, verse 18. So I'm reading from the NLT. It says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, is a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. We know we love God's children if we have God and obey his commandments. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments, and really that isn't difficult. For every child of God defeats this evil world by trusting Christ to give the victory. And the ones who win this battle against the world are the ones who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Just coming over to uh, verse 18. We know that those who have become part of God's family do not make a practice of sinning, for God's Son holds them securely and the evil one cannot get his hands on them. We know that we are children of God and that the world around us is under the power and control of the evil one. Uh, sorry. And we know, sorry, just moving on from there, and we know that the Son of God has come and he has given us understanding so that we can know the true God. And now we are in God because we are in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the only true God and he is eternal life. Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. Sorry, I lost my way a little bit there, but the reason for that is that even though the language is we know, we know, we know, and it's very confirming and affirming, John actually chooses to close that chapter with a warning. He says, Dear children, so children of God, Keep away from anything 
that might take God's place in your hearts. We serve our king and we show that we love our king when we choose to live according to his required ways of living. We have an awesome king, one full of grace and mercy, who encourages us and forgives us when we don't quite get it right. But he does require that we pursue them again, to run again after righteousness, despite whatever error we've made. If we are truly kingdom living, then we need to acknowledge that the word, what the word tells us about that kingdom. We can't just assemble the kingdom we want. Matthew 25, 1 to 13, you don't have to go there, but it starts with, then the kingdom of heaven will be like. Then, meaning a particular juncture in the, the, in the divine timeline. Then the kingdom of God will be like. It then goes to tell us about ten pure girls, five of them wise, five of them foolish. And as you go through that story, the statistics are fairly sobering. 50% of them didn't make the wedding. Yet they were there because they were believers. They were included in the invitation. They were included in the ones who were to bring light and to usher in the groom. In biblical times, that was the process. The groom would be the one to come. Now it's the bride in our tradition. The bride arrives late. The bride is ushered in. In those times, it was the groom and it was the pure girl's role to bring light to the groom, create a relationship with him, have a chat to him, build a rapport with him and usher him into the wedding place. That was the role. That parable is actually more about light than it is oil. But five of them didn't fulfil their hope. They didn't fulfill the plan that God had for them because they were distracted because they had run out of oil and had to go and get some. And there are other messages that tell us exactly what the bride told those five when they turned up later. I don't know you. We need to understand that overcoming is part of building a relationship with the groom. We are the bride. Christ is the groom. He's coming again. And the light speaks of the word. So through the word, we build a relationship with the groom. And we show the world that light and we usher in the groom. But the statistics are sobering because the Bible, the word of God, 
which is entirely true, is telling us half missed out. I don't want that for anyone here. I don't want that for anyone out there. So we have to understand the fundamental because we have to operate to take a witness of overcoming to the world. Let me explain. Overcoming does not mean having all your ducks in a row. We will never have that if we're honest. And we will have trials and tribulations. So we'll look at that. So that's not what overcoming is. What God is telling us this morning through the communion message, which was awesome, and this morning's prayer, is that overcoming is trusting implicitly on our God, on our King, on our Saviour, trusting, knowing that His plans are good. It means that we have learnt to implicitly trust God and activate faith to the extent we know we can silence the storm because we've learnt to sleep through the storm. I think Bill Johnson said something along those lines. But it relates to Jesus. When that storm rose up, where was he? In the boat asleep. And if we want to be like Jesus, if we're being made like Jesus, if we've been created in the image of God, we need to be like Jesus, not the disciples. We need to be the ones that are fast asleep when the storms are raging all around. And we're out of that. We can then call on the authority that's been delegated to us at the right time. Peace be still. Peace be still. Do not believe the lies of the enemy. Do not focus your attention on the world. God is building his church through us. He is establishing his kingdom in us. Whatever we have set our attention upon will affect every environment we enter. So if we are going out into the world... There is absolutely no point bringing anxiety and worry. That will not help anybody. We need to understand that whatever we are going through, we can stand on the rock and present Jesus Christ as overcomers. Yes, there are situations. Yes, there are battles and tribulations and all of that. But we need to present overcoming, bringing people through. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. God wants to use you and he wants to use me to harvest the field, to heal the sick, to feed the poor, to comfort the widow, to preach the good news. Through faith. Faith. The kingdom of God requires faith. Activated faith. Without faith, it is impossible impossible to please our king. And the first roadblock to trusting God implicitly is self-image. I am this. I am that. I say who I am. That's what self-image is. When we look in the mirror, what do we see? Do we see someone defeated by a problem or do we see 
an overcomer. The first roadblock to trusting God implicitly is self-image. And what we need to replace it with is a faith image. What our Heavenly Father is constantly telling us with love, grace and mercy is to walk with him and look at ourselves and our trials and our commission through a faith image of who we are, who he says we are. Daniel, Joseph, Mary, Gideon, David, Moses, Ruth, pick one, Paul, John, Peter, all had to adopt their faith image in order to fulfill God's plan on their life. And often we are told and see the actual process of how God led them from introvert or peasant or fisherman to make them a mighty man of valour. He pulls us through. Trust me, he says, over and over and over again. And we will lead these people to the promised land. We will defeat this enemy through me. Overcomers believe by faith that Jesus heals, that Jesus provides, that Jesus will do what he promised. I forget what time we finish. What do we do here? <laughs> all right, well, we'll go there. Got all tomorrow off, haven't we? All right? Big holiday tomorrow because John was preaching. All right. <laughs> I want to share something with you because Sharon mentioned it. This, this worship, worship. So I'm sort of moving on a little bit here. But when, the, when, when the, the battle presents, and it will, because the world around us is controlled by the evil one, and I'll explain a bit more about that later, worship is a great place to go. And everything we can do, we can do as worship. It doesn't always have to be the songs or whatever. But a one-on-one with God is unbelievable. And I just want to share this with you very quickly. Just... I want to get what's in here out to encourage you. It's not about saying that I've got it, which I have. You know, I'm an overcomer and so are you. But I just want to share this because it happened so recently. What, what does it look like in, in the real world to be an overcomer? Right now, Liz, my beautiful wife and I, are walking through a situation. Some of you know the detail. Some of you... Um, have walked that with us, but we're still going through it. So the environment exists. So we, we don't discount that as Christians, as believers, full of faith and full of trust, trials will come. Trials will come. And so what we're walking through is that environment, but is not overcoming us. It is building perseverance, endurance, patience. Yeah. It's shaping, it's fine-tuning and reinforcing. It's making our praise louder and our compassion larger. Because, you know, compassion is a part of it too. So when we go through these things and overcome and we meet someone going through the same thing, well, who do you think set that up? We can witness to them and share with them. So as I was driving from Mount Gambia to Kingston the other day, I probably shouldn't need to read this. <laughs> it's my testimony. I was driving from uh, Mount Gambia to Kingston SE. I don't even know what SE stands for. Oh, South East, is it? 
as opposed to Kingston where? <laughs> Kingston on Murray. There we go. Thank you, Naomi. All right. So who knew, you know? I probably could have Googled that and looked intelligent, but anyway, you've got to be who you are, right? So anyway, on this trip, and I began to feel the pressing of lies, doubt, and worry, right? So they come from hell. And we need to be aware of those thoughts and take them captive. That's part of overcoming, right? So what I, choose, what I chose to do was to sing a love song to my king. I was in the car by myself so I could sing. Because typically I sing in the cracks, not the actual note. But anyway, I just told him how much I loved him. I didn't focus on the problem. I didn't say, oh, Lord, break through. We need an answer. I just wanted to love him. God inhabits the praises of his people. That's the promise. And I can tell you the presence of God came into that car in an incredible way. Incredible. It was so tangible. Do you know what tangible means? It means you can touch it. It's thick. And I just had this overwhelming sense of joy. And I started laughing. Laughing like I haven't laughed for a long time. Laugh, laugh, laugh. And then I was aware of, I did not see, but I was aware of an angel in the passenger seat. Because where the presence of God is, angels will come. And the angel was sitting there and his name was Michael. It's true. And I said to Michael, do you want to worship the Lord with me? (laughs) And he said, no. No, he, he said, yes. So he played the trumpet. And I could hear this trumpet sound and I'm praising God and I'm saying, hallelujah, I'm an overcomer. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And, I, and the joy was over me and tears were flowing out of me. And I thought, this has to end because I'm going to run off the road. <laughs> it was getting dangerous. Anyway, I got to Kingston safely, praise God. And um, I took a photo because I, I just had these tears. And I took a photo, a selfie, whatever you call it. And um, I sent it to Liz and I said, oh, Liz, I've just had the most amazing time. You know, just worshipping and loving God. We are overcomers. And uh, they're tears of joy. So let me say all that to encourage you that praise is a great place to go. God will inhabit um, the praises of his people. And um, it's just so encouraging. Nothing else matters the problem goes away because you're focused on God not the problem all right better speed it up a little bit 1 John 5 and verse 19 I'm using the amplified here because I just want us to see a little bit we know positively it says that we are of God and the whole world around us is under the power of the evil one Another version says power and control of the evil one. That, that hasn't changed. It, it will, but it hasn't yet. And that's just God's plan. It's Bible. I can't argue with it. It says the world around us 
is under the power of the evil one. But when you understand what that word world means in this context, it doesn't mean the physical planet or the people on the planet. It translates to the condition of human affairs. So what we're reading and need to understand is that the environment that we live out our faith, the environment that we have around us, is one where humans are conducting their affairs in a system that is not just evil, it's under the control of Satan. And so we can see the evidence of that, can't we? Okay, That, that through deceived people, through, through deception, what's actually happening is that depravity and immorality and unrighteousness and wickedness are principalities and powers that operate under Satan's rule and they come through deceived uh, people into our channels of function to produce really the horror and confusion that we see around us. So, so we understand that. There's a, a reason why banks don't pass on the full interest rate cut. There's a reason. It's called greed. And there's a reason that we see horrific laws put in place and people celebrate those laws because they're deceived, but it's all come from the pit of hell as a principality in power. So this is the world in which we are called to be salt and light. This is the world in which we are asked to make disciples. This is the world we are asked to preach the gospel to. So not just for our own sake, but those of the souls around us, we really need to understand and get a grip on who we are. We've got to walk in this this knowing. You know how, how John was saying, we know, we know, we know. We've got to get to that place. But have a listen to what he calls us. Children of God, children of light, friends, Brothers, sheep, saints, holy ones, soldiers, witnesses, stewards, fellow citizens, salt, light, the elect, the chosen ministers of God, heirs of God, joint heirs with the Son, members of the body of Christ, living stones, disciples, my beloved, servants of Christ, and even some secret ones we don't know yet that he's riding on a rock somewhere and in the mystery of God we're going to receive that when we get to heaven. He's big, but he calls us those names so that we can wear them. Wear them. He tells us to wear the armour, so he's also telling us to wear this stuff. But do we include overcomer? I think overcomer is a real struggle for some because we have this completely false idea that to present as an overcomer in the body of Christ, we have to have it all together. False. False. Just come to church as you are. He always spent time with people who mattered and they stank. I don't have it all together, but I do believe that I'm an overcomer in Christ. And that does mean I wear the uniform and activate the faith. Have a look at what Jesus tells us through John in Uh, the Gospel of John 16 and verse 33. And I'm sorry I don't have it up here for you, but there you have it. There's an apology. I have told you all these things so that in me you may have peace in this world. 
That word world is the same as what I've just described to you. That pressure, those principalities and powers, all of those things that press us from every side and try and make us crumble and try and make us deny God, we have peace in Christ. That's the promise. It goes on to say, you will have trouble. Another version says, trial and tribulation, distress and frustration. But take heart. Take heart this morning. Take courage. This is what's in the Amplified. Take courage. Be confident. Be certain. Be undaunted. For I, Jesus, has overcome the world. The obstacles to my cause have been defeated. In other words, his kingdom can still be established despite Satan has control and power in the environment. Going back to 1 John verse 5 and verses 4 to 5, it then says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. Now we just read that Jesus declared, I have overcome the world. Go forward a bit in the Bible and we get to the point where it says, everyone born of God, in other words, you believe, overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome that world, even our faith. So we overcome through faith because without faith, it's impossible to please our king. Impossible. So we have to walk out that faith. We have to put on that uniform and say, I am an overcomer because I believe in Jesus Christ. Just in case we didn't get it, John then goes to verse 5 and he says, Who is it that overcomes the world? Question mark. Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. What a transfer. Can you see the transfer? Jesus overcame the world. And then through faith, he transfers all of that victory to us. Amen. That's where we live. That's how we can approach life. Yes, we are promised that there will be difficulties and trials. And that's when we get together and we encourage one another and we lift each other up and we prophesy over people and we declare and we decree. That's what church is. Because we have that transfer. In John 16.33, it says, In me, in Christ, you will have peace. I have overcome the world. In John 5, verse 5, simply because we believe through faith that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, and become born again through repentance, we inherit all of that victory as his children, his beloved. Oh, man. He loves us like we just cannot imagine. But we need to dare to imagine how much he loves us. There is always a temptation though, isn't there? And this is where we just need to encourage one another. Yeah, I get it, John, but you don't know what my father did to me. You don't know my financial situation. The school hates my kids, they get bullied. We live and breathe in a world that is spiritually broken and led by the will of Satan himself. 
Did we not just read that? He will throw everything at anybody to try and bring them to a place where they deny Christ. With Christians, that is often subtle. Probably always subtle. In saying, but John, you don't know, or whoever is in that conversation, is to deny Christ. It's to deny Christ, because Christ is calling you something else. If you truly believe, if you are truly walking by faith, you cannot label yourself. You've got to get rid of that self-image and replace it with faith image. Who is it that is victorious over, that conquers, that overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God, who adheres to that, to trust in it, and relies on that fact. 1 John 5 verse 18, it says, We know, we know. See, we've got to get to this, we know. And bring others to that place of we know. We know that those who have become part of God's family do not make a practice of sinning, for God's Son holds them securely and the evil one cannot get his hands on them. Not only does John write to us and tell us of eternal victory that we have through faith, but he tells us that we don't even fight for it. He encourages us to also know that as children of God, his son holds us in a place where the enemy can't even get to. Yeah, come on. Come on. Are we protected or what? So overcoming is faith. It's worship. It's acknowledging that I need others. All of that is part of overcoming. But we want to witness to the world that there's a place where you can subtract yourself from the actual grasp of the enemy and just nothing else will matter except your king. Nothing. That's gold. I just want to live there. I just want to... Let's all celebrate. Praise Jesus. This, this is how we can live. No more depression. No more anxiety. None of that. Because there is that warning, dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. Overcoming is also part of righteousness. So worship, righteousness, loving one another, all of that. But it's there. What a place to do life. What a place to witness to others about. What a place to enter into the supermarket, get a word of knowledge about someone with a sore knee and activate faith. Whether they get healed is up to God. But we can trust him. We can walk in confidence as an overcomer and leave a witness to that person that there is an alternative. Even if they don't see the result, our witness to them as an overcomer will build them up. It will. Christians baptised in vinegar are not helping the world. Let's be overcomers. Let's embrace this truth. I just want to pray for you, uh, if that's okay, because... We, we just want to hold on to this. And if you feel that for whatever reason, I know, Andrew, maybe you want to come back up and we'll just finish off.
if, if you feel that you kind of are hearing what's being said, but there's something that's got its hook on you, and you, you can't step into that, that uniform, that whatever it might be, a beautiful dress, a beautiful suit of overcoming... I'd love you to come out the front because coming out the front is going to activate your faith that today is the last day that thing's going to have a hold of you. If there's anyone that feels that way, come out the front. Come out the front. We, We will pray for you. It's important. This is fundamental to our tomorrow, our afternoon, because there's nothing now that is going to hold us back. If we are going to go to the mountain to pray, we need to go with our faith image, not our self-image. Because if we go with a faith image, we'll be able to carry what's given us to the people in the streets, to the people in the supermarket. It's important that we know that we are overcomers. God bless you. God bless you, Gary. No one's out the front, so that's all good. Maybe I'll just say a prayer. Stand. I, I, I never know how to end. So we'll just focus on Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your word, Lord God. Thank you for your promise to us. Thank you for all those amazing clothes that you get uh, to us to wear. Beloved, friend, joint heir. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus.